This is Hindsight 2020, this one post-NFL Week 13, well almost post the entire week, recording this on Monday, Monday Night Football is this evening, and it will be Mike and I's fifth game for our Super Contest picks. We've got the Cincinnati Bengals tonight catching 10, and here's just In case you didn't listen to the show last week, I'll give you a quick handicap on why Mike and I are on Cincinnati. And it's because everyone that I talk to or everyone that I listen to, some very sharp people, a lot of very knowledgeable sports people, all say the same thing. Cincinnati doesn't have a chance. The defense isn't good enough to stop Jacksonville. And the offense isn't good enough to keep up with them in points. And you know what? They're probably right. Cincinnati is a bad team. And look at Jacksonville. Offensively, they make a lot of plays. They've got a good quarterback. They're well coached. They can run the ball. They're versatile. And the defense uh, plays well situationally. They're good against the run. They're starting to build up a little bit of a pass rush. First Monday night football game there in Jacksonville, you could have a bit of an elevated crowd. And what's Cincinnati really playing for? With Burrow gone, their playoff and certainly Super Bowl hopes seem all but dashed. So why play them? Because nobody else wants to. And that is one of the gambling lessons I've learned from people who do this professionally is that the bookmakers, they're not your friends. They're not putting the free square on the middle of the bingo card. They're not just saying, ah, Jacksonville minus 10. I guess we're going to let everybody take this one because they're just going to blow them out. Now, they might, you might take Jacksonville in this and you might cruise to victory. But the point I'm trying to make here is you always have to ask yourself the question, why does nobody want to play the other side? And if no one wants to play the other side, why is the number only 10? I mean, 10's a lot of points, don't get me wrong, but we've seen 17-point spreads this year. So this is just a case of us playing a little bit contrarian, We're going to go with a team that we think everybody has counted out. I like that this is a standalone Monday night football game. These are professionals and no one wants to be embarrassed. So I think we're going to see a full effort here from Cincinnati. I know that Lawrence and Jacksonville, especially at home, they don't always execute, even though they play good football. They don't always execute every drive, so I'm hoping for a game that's relatively low scoring, keep things pretty close, and hope that the Bengals can make a play or two, but this falls in line with where me and Mike are in the Super Contest. We've got to make up some ground. we got to win some games and hopefully take some sides that people aren't taking And even better, hope that a bunch of people in front of us are just laying the lumber with Jacksonville and we can catch them by them taking an L and us 
grabbing a win. We want to close our week out the same way we started our week, which was with Seattle. For a team that I was concerned lollygags around too much on the field, Seattle really brought it offensively. Now, Dallas is a juggernaut. They're tough to stop. I mean, if you had told me Seattle would score 35, I'd be fairly confident they would win the game outright. We, in a lot of ways, were holding on to dear life for the cover. But I think Seattle was the better team in that game. There was horrible officiating all weekend long, but the head referee there, Cleet Blakeman, it would not surprise me at all if he pulled his pants down and had at least one Dallas star tattooed on his butt cheek. Because that guy was looking for every way possible to give the game to the Cowboys, calling egregious penalties left and right on the Seahawks, and then every once in a while, just to balance out the book, he'd throw a little five-yard meaningless one on the Cowboys, 21 penalties and all over 200 yards of penalties combined in the game. Cleet, nobody's coming to the stadium to see you. Let's watch these teams play it out. But this was an example, much like the Bengals, where Mike and I just saw an opportunity. We saw a team in Seattle that not a lot of people wanted to play, and a team in Dallas that if you were buying, you were buying at the height of the market. So just like stocks, we want to buy low, sell high. We sold high on the Cowboys, bought low on the Seahawks, and got ourselves a nice loss but cover with Seattle on Thursday night. Um, We had the New England Patriots. I always like when the Patriots wear their throwback uniforms. You know, they wore the red with the white helmets. Uh, They probably should have worn something with leather helmets because this was 1930s football. This is before the invention of the forward pass football. Although even though the forward pass hadn't been invented yet, I'm sure there were guys back in the 30 who could sling it better than Zappy Gilmore. I mean, the Patriots were awful in this game. How much longer can this defense keep showing up? It is the third consecutive game where the Patriots have held their opponents to 10 points or less and lost. That hasn't happened since before the merger. Little side note here, whenever you hear a stat and it hasn't happened since before the merger, it's either really impressive or really terrible In this case, we had a team in the Patriots that held the Chargers and the great Kellen Moore and Justin Herbert to six points and couldn't even kick a lousy field goal. You know, the weather was bad, but the Chargers got two field goals and I misjudged where the ball was on the field. Mike was pretty astute to point out they had like a 47-yard field goal attempt early in the fourth that they didn't go for. It's like, Belichick, at some point, what are you doing? Are you counting on the offense? You know it stinks. Why not collect the points and take the points or at least try? I don't know what to do with this Patriots team. I never have a problem betting on bad quarterbacks, 
but betting on insufferable, terrible guys who shouldn't even be in the league, it's a bridge that's getting really too hard to cross. I don't know what we do with the Patriots. They're going to fall into that category of team that nobody wants to bet, and everybody might be right, because that was just pathetic. To hold the Chargers to six, and we're catching five and a half points and can't pull out the win. I mean, couldn't they just kick an extra point just for fun or something? I don't know. It was really, really a tough watch, and we took a tough L in that game. Uh, Made it up with Detroit, though. I mentioned last week, favorites in Week 12 were 12-4 and against the spread, so a lot of those favorites were going to be expensive yesterday. But you know who was discounted? The Detroit Lions, because everyone who had them laying seven and a half on Thanksgiving got a big fat loser and wanted nothing to do with them. Go back and reference the tape. What do we do with teams that nobody else wants to bet? We'll bet them. This game probably should have been around a six or seven point spread. Although for as much S as I talked about New Orleans not being able to convert in the red zone, they were 5-for-5 yesterday. This game looked like we were going to steamroll. We were up three touchdowns early. New Orleans comes screaming back with an offensive explosion. I I don't know where the points come from with New Orleans. I I really have no idea. I only know that it never seems to happen when I'm betting on them, Uh, but... They're just one of those tough teams to gauge. I guess part of the reason a team like New Orleans is disappointing is because you see the potential in their offense. Well, yesterday it came through, but I think Mike and I jumped on this game because we noticed that the line seemed a little cheap for a team in Detroit that we both think it has a top 10 caliber in the league but just does not get the recognition for it. So catching Detroit off a couple non-covers, including that standalone television game where everyone saw them get whooped around by the Packers, really made them a nice value play. I was somewhat opposed to playing any favorites yesterday. I wanted to play all dogs, Um, but that was a good one to get in there. And and as my bankroll is telling me today, playing a bunch of dogs wasn't necessarily the most profitable thing. There were some hits and misses across the board, but Detroit was absolutely a hit for us. I love when you can find these really good teams that just aren't appreciated by the market. You get reasonable prices on good teams and you don't have to watch your, watch a game where your eyeballs bleed like in New England trying to watch them meticulate the ball past the 40. All right, best pick of the day, Arizona Cardinals, six and a half point dogs, win the game handedly against the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I got to tell you, is the only game I cashed out on yesterday. But man, it was hard. I just kept envisioning those terrible towels. Arizona just getting their butt kicked in the weather and the elements. The Pittsburgh crowd going wild. But in my gut, in my heart of hearts, 
I know the Mike Tomlin fade spots. I know where Pittsburgh tends to come out and look a little flat. Now, Mitch Trushitsky comes in the game. Kenny Pickett gets hurt. Hopefully, he is able to come back by the end of the year. He does have to have surgery on that ankle. Okay, so you could tell me I got lucky on this one. But here's all I know. The hardest bets to make are very often the best bets that you'll make. Everything I had in front of me, narrative, number, told me this is a fade Pittsburgh spot. And we also used the prior knowledge from Arizona's handicap the week before. They play the Rams and before the game was played, noted Arizona has a tough time against Sean McVay. They're like 2-13 playing the Rams with Sean McVay as the coach. So the fact that Arizona looked so terrible against the Rams, we could explain. It was sort of a one-off. It was a bad matchup, not necessarily a reflection of who Arizona was as a team. Because remember, two weeks prior, they're beating Atlanta. Uh, The following week, they're playing a nail-biter against a really good Houston team on the road. All of that got thrown out because of one recent bias of them playing the Rams, and then Pittsburgh has one game where they get 400 yards of offense, something they hadn't done in any game prior, and all of a sudden, that's the new reality, that's the new truth. Those are the sort of one-game samples we're looking to bet against. Look, headline in this game was three. That made a lot of sense. I wouldn't have touched this game. I wasn't predicting Arizona to win. All I knew was that at five and a half, then at six, then at six and a half, that this line had been inflated too much. We were getting value with Arizona. Mike saw it too. We got them on the board for our contest, and we got another winner. So we were 3-1, and one, really trying to get this Cincinnati win tonight. Now, most of you will be listening to this. The game will be over. I'll either sound like a dope, or I'll sound like somebody who picked the game right. I won't say a hero. I won't say really smart, because again, I don't have a great handicap to go with Cincinnati tonight. I'm just kind of going the different direction that I think the masses are going. And when everyone thinks it's so obvious that a team's going to blow the other team out, that's when I want to play the other team. It's ugly. It's hard to stomach. Sometimes you got to plug your nose and sometimes you shouldn't even watch the game. But if you're going to live life as a gambler, those are the plays you're going to find yourself making if you are going to have success with this. Either way, whether we win or lose, it was a winning week, but I'd really like to see four and one. That would be amazing to have back-to-back four and ones after three straight losers. It'd be great resolve in the month of December where these numbers are tighter than ever. Uh, Either way, we're going to keep pushing forth, we're going to keep grinding, and we'll be back on Thursday with the week 14 picks.